selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. You know, <laughs> okay, it's actually just so funny because what I love about Shopify is no matter how huge and massive you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control, yes, daddy, and take your business to the next level because we're business women. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash book club. That's shopify.com slash book club, all lowercase. Shopify.com slash book club. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Celebrity Book Club. Who's that knocking at the door? It's all your friends, you filthy whore. Your husband's gone and we've got books and a bottle of wine to kill. It's Hollywood. It's books. It's gossip. I'm shook. It's memoirs. It's martinis. It's Studio 54. It's Celebrity Book Club. Come read it while it's hot. Celebrity Book Club. Tell your secrets, we won't talk. Celebrity Book Club. No boys are allowed. Celebrity Book Club. Club. Buzz me in, I brought the Cuervo. Hey, hey my best friend. My best <laughs> darling friend. My, my dearest oldest friend from Eaton. How are you? From grade school. When I we mean, were just little co-eds. How are you doing, darling? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm jet lagged, obviously. I just flew in on the red eye from Miami. It was awful. <sighs> Speaking to advertisers at the Standard all weekend. But I have to say, their brunch is top notch. No one does it like them. And, I mean, brunch, no one even cares about brunch anymore. So if you think they're doing a good brunch, they must be doing something. Well, I think people care too much about brunch. I think that's the problem. And nobody knows how to... It's too much It's too much chaos. But they've figured out a way to manage it down there. It's so crazy. I literally, like, have not gotten brunch in, like, nine million years. Like, it's well, so over... It's literally, I've never heard of anything more over more than brunch. More over than brunch. But you know why it's so over is because everything is brunch now. Hot take incoming. No. <laughs> like, do you read this in GQ next week. <laughs> everything is brunch now. <laughs> uh, kind of. I mean, it, everything in the way that like everything is like a, cor- a matcha corn dog. Everything is a matcha corn dog and everything is a text message you're in line, like wait for an hour and a half and then you'll get it. And it's just like, and it is the all day meal. And it's like, check in with Resi Plaid. Like, <laughs> if you don't confirm this on our app and download our app, like your table will be gone. I almost got, I, I was like, I, I made an emergency reservation for dinner last night. I was out to dinner with a journalist friend of mine and I had to cancel the emergency reservation within i had like 10 minutes to cancel it or i was gonna be charged 50 dollars, darling well but the restaurant industry is hurting and we are gonna get into that in this episode i i would like to chat with you solo for hours and hours but we do have a celebrity <laughs> guest waiting no we have a celebrity guest and he has a lot of other engagements to get to red carpets to walk dinners breakfast meetings pitch meetings doors to shoots. slam in the face of eager youngins trying to make it in the industry <laughs> Agents to hang up on and then call back again. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about, of course, none other than, than one the of funniest the most man in important the people in the industry. I mean, I don't think we would be here. No, you can't go a day with someone not saying he's doing blank. No, I know. I mean, it's he's doing he's doing blank. He's no, doing blank. I, he's yeah. doing blank, and I. I 
It's actually insane. Well, it's funny because, and it's for that very reason that I always think of this person I'm about to introduce as older than me, and yet I don't <laughs> think he is. <laughs> right now, we're putting him into like legendary, like no, it Joan is, it Rivers is very legendary. No, we managed to coax Joan Crawford out of her bedroom for an hour, so let's not waste this time. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> star of the up uh, the new Peacock special. Would it kill you to laugh? <laughs> John. John Early. Hello, darling. Oh, oh. darling. <laughs> what a treat. Oh, wait, how old are you, Stephen? Do you, do you want to say that? We can bleep it out. It's, no, it's fine. I just... Because <laughs> you should be ashamed. I, <laughs> Whatever oh, it I is, am. be ashamed. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wallowing in the shame of this new age. It's one of the most obscene ages there is. I just turned 35. Oh, 34. Oh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When do I? January. <laughs> 35 okay, literally so as were... we were talking about my age i literally was thinking i was 32 <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> and so does grinder <laughs> okay hot take incoming is someone who's also sadly 30 beep um yeah. 35 i think 32 is sadder than 35 because 35 is like divorce stage it's dignified yeah. Well, I guess, yeah, divorced as fun. I mean, it all depends on what kind of divorce. Because it's like, is divorce Cheryl Crow in the in the open top convertible? Then it's fabulous, right? But is divorce like... Did you just watch the documentary or something? Wait, I, I feel so, she's so I fresh in the mind. I haven't seen it. No, I've been Cheryl Crow is always like, in my, right here when I wake up. She's sorry, the first I've been thing. watching Cheryl. your special on repeat. So I, <laughs> oh, I thank you. Also, thank the you. real world homecoming New Orleans um, reunion special. So. Um, well, listen, you know, speaking of cinema and the stage and art and literature, mm. um, we read a book this week. And um, John, you read it as well. I read half. Okay, that's okay. fine. That'll and you do. suggested it. And Literally, I suggested it, and I read half. And I yeah. made you guys read like a six hundred page book. <laughs> I, I will say though, I, I'm very you. grateful. Thank you so much. Um, Good. This, I will say, and I'm not too. I'm not pulling anyone's chain here. This is the favorite book that I've read <gasps> for this pod in maybe a year or something. I I could not put this book down, and so rarely has that happened. Usually, I am cramming for the quiz, yeah, like right before class. Yeah, this this is like you know, it's soiled with the chlorinated <laughs> water of the standard pool in Miami. <laughs> you know, it's covered in my tears as I was staying up till three in the morning in bed reading it. I mean, I could not put this down. This um, thrills me because I have to say, part of why I recommended it right now, I need. I need some good writing. Yes. Right. And I knew to trust Tina. Like, I knew... I don't really know much about her, but I knew, like, from the way she's spoken about that I could trust her. So let's just... Let's get let the cat out of the bag. Yeah. The book we read is The Vanity Fair Diaries. Power, Wealth, Celebrity, and Dreams. My years of the magazine that defined a decade. By Tina. Tina Brown. Brown. Woo. Woo. You know, Tina Brown, obviously, obviously, darling. The British infamous- Meteor. Titan. British media titan, editor of Vanity Fair magazine in the 80s, and really responsible for turning that magazine around and, and, and making it one of the most important um, magazines you know. still to our day. And still as it was on its deathbed, darling. No, it was gasping for <laughs> No, everyone was, was okay. terribly embarrassed by it. I, mean, I desperately she- tried to find the Twyla Tharp ad she was describing of like like the billboard for like the dying version. Right before she came on, there were all these like apparently really embarrassing like billboards, and I I couldn't find them anywhere. She's at the Tatler offices in London, so she used to run this kind of this society rag Tatler, you know, which was always publishing all the gossip and dirty stories of the royals and everyone else. Dirty little royal Diana Fergie. I feel like I keep on going, by the way, into like. kind of like grand dame accent for her but yeah. it is just more straight up british because i did half yeah. like half audio and she's much more just like kurt nasal british. yeah nasal like oh I'm sh- i went to the four seasons and then this and i was here and then i went here and i got in a cab yes i i, I do think it is that <laughs> i actually I, I i agree because reading the writing you start to want to go into a peggy or a diana vreeland place and mm. you know she's and diana vreeland this... comes up a lot and we'll yes you know she's living in vreeland shadow and aren't we all and so her, it's so crazy because, like, the way she, they talk about that Diana Vreeland, editor of Harper's Bazaar, is that, right, she was, like, taking limos two blocks down. 
But the vibe I get from all of the Vanity Fair diaries, first takeaways, I wish... They're constantly in a limo. They're constantly in a limo, and I'm assuming every single lunch, which happens every other sentence, is mm-hmm. being paid for on a Vanity Fair Yeah, they're all, they're, it's dining all card. Card. Because she talks about how she's like, oh, darling, I felt dreadfully poor, and everyone in New York is constantly trying to make money, and it's never enough. And she's only making $125,000 a year at the beginning, and she's got this two-bedroom apartment that's full of doilies, and she's renting from some old baddie woman that sounds awful. But then I'm like... The You're mafia, the, Don. The, <laughs> the one where she's like, I, I opened up the... The fridge, and there was like you know a, a vibrator encrusted like Faberge <laughs> egg in there. You know, it was like it was awful. But then they're at the Four Seasons literally every day, sometimes every multiple day. times a day. She's yeah. going to the Four Seasons to La Perigord, and then back to the Four Seasons. Well, I wondered. I wanted to get your take. You know, she wrote this in 2017, mm. or it came out in 2017, and. I thought the kind of forward where she was like, I was like very surprised. I know nothing of her politics, but like, obviously I assume she's cavorted with, you know, Republican Democrat elite alike for most of her life. But like, I did think it was interesting the way she was like, it seemed like she was almost like, you know, apologizing for like the, by by talking about like the failure of trickle down economics and like, you know, I was like, Oh, I like, for like did your kind of standard democrat at that moment know to be like anti-reagan or I like i thought at that moment with trump coming out people were like we miss reagan i got the vibe from her that she was she wasn't like obsessed with reagan but like she also like was and she's like mostly horny for nancy reagan and she's reagan's so marriage horny for nancy the amount of descriptions totally. in this book where it was like and then nancy reagan walked in the room and she was you know, looking classically delicious with her hot little sexy thin minx body stuffed into a tight red bodysuit dress. She couldn't have been sexier. She oozed classic 1930s glamour porn star. I wanted to fuck her on the... You're like, come all the way down, Tina. This no, movie is 90. Like... But they it's, do. She they get do the iconic photo shoot of Nancy. She's on the so it's on the cover, and <laughs> and 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 Ronnie is dipping Nancy, and, and she's Nancy's got her leg up. Foot is up, and I guess the photographer brought in a boombox and put mm-hmm. on a Sinatra tape. And, <laughs> I love it. And she I love was like, it. you know, because of course the Reagans were like BFF with Sinatra, but I was like, damn, you really listen all the time too. And then she was like, and they just started gossiping like old lovebirds. Like, mm-hmm. They hadn't talked in like in days and just started dancing and talking. And I was like, okay, so Ronald and Nancy were like fucking. They were fucking and they were whispering and they had whispered nothings. And then, well, then later in the book when she's doing their kind of like, (laughs) I think, I think she, she kind of does like imply that later when it's like the, the photo shoot for their like goodbye from the White House. And like she's like, I don't know what Ron Ronald was talking about, but he seemed to be whispering to Nancy a lot. Yeah. And you know he was just full in. And she's the just the like, kiss is a lot. It's gross. Yeah. I'm it's, sorry to be no, the way Jerophobic. <laughs> you are you actually are being deeply ageist. But the problem is the way their lips are touching, it's very like dry and like oh my God. And well also you know nancy time. wore like the heaviest most like chalky thick red estee yeah. lauder lipstick no i know like pure wax she she was really not giving kylie <laughs> no it wasn't liner. like a kylie like lip nude yeah. <laughs> pretty kylie nude but, you know, to your point, John, um, you know, about her politics. Um, no, I, no, I was just, she did feel, like, it did feel like she was, like, a little self-conscious in the beginning very about what much we were so. about to get into. Very much so. And, I, you know, I, I'm sure there was, like, you know, a whole team of people who were telling her. And, she, you know, because she started the Daily Beast in 2010. And so I think, you know, she's very aware of what the online left is saying, what Twitter is saying. Mm. So I'm sure there was, like, Gates telling her just, like, you know, like, trickle-down was bad. The 80s were bad. Like, communism is good. So, like, yeah. you need to kind of say that, like, just really make it clear that this was about, like, the excess of the 80s. But, like, the 80s, like, were, like, a dark time in this way when we think about it and we look back. <laughs> um, but it, cause it, because, because, of course, like, when you actually read the book, like, the book is brilliant because it is this record of the 80s. And it totally. is, as as David Frum says in the back of the book, <laughs> um, it's uh, it chronicles, like, the... The the high noon and the oh sorry this is Niall Ferguson the high <laughs> noon and then the dusk of the Reagan era, 
the rise of that 80s excess and the excitement and the luxury and the opulence. And then, you know, when it all comes crashing down and, and, it, and she talks, you know, quite brilliantly in her diaries in the book about how Vanity Fair needs to stay with the moment and how Vanity Fair can sort of luxuriate in the opulence of it and the parties and the Kissinger at dinner and all of it. And, and the celebrities smoking their cigars and Jack Nicholson. But then we also need to chronicle the fallout. We need to chronicle the, the, the misbehavior, the Wall Street tycoons, like who were the, the green monsters. And, and you know, that, the sort of Gordon Gecko, that movie when Wall Street came out with Michael Douglas, it was sort of the perfect turning point of like, OK, now we can villainize the masters of the universe. And we're going to and we need to still be at the top of it. But See, I, I, I stopped right where she was like people were starting to get in her inner circle were starting to get mad at her for like chronicling the excesses and, and being, you know, like Ariana Huffington was pissed right where I left. I off. love oh my God, the Huffington wedding. Okay. Wait, huge, we... huge. She basically classically portrays Michael Huffington, like Ariana's famous bisexual now ex-husband as like an evil bisexual villain. I'm obsessed with the wedding being 900 people. And she was like, <laughs> she was like the receiving line lasted until 10 PM. And of course my husband, um, like got stuck talking to Rupert Murdoch, who he hated, but like <laughs> yeah. then they actually had an amazing time talking about like how the union did this or whatever. Yeah. Sorry. About how he like, crushed the union he was like it was actually really funny how you did crush the union Rupert like they didn't need it okay wait I have this line here from the wedding Ariana herself looked amazing a cross between Callus and Queen Alexandra always like Callus is always just like last name only we all know who we're talking about it's Maria darling um, Galanos had made her a skin-tight, high-throated, white lace gown and a coronet of orchids, and her hair was scraped back to reveal the regal nose. She was anorexically slim. <laughs> to get to this size, she must have lived on nothing but communion wafers for a month. <laughs> and then, the groom is a mystery, really. A tall glass of water with a weak smile. That's it! Just being yeah. like, the groom seems like a faggot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not quite sure how to say this. I want to say faggot. Tall glass of water, weak smile. Just, like, hiding something. Just, like, evil bisexual hiding something. Yeah, weak smile. Okay, I want to talk about Tina and her relationship with her her husband. Her chinny. With Harry. 25 years her senior. Editor of the Sunday Times and the Times of London. And, of course, he got in a huge row with Rupert Murdoch in London. (laughs) And and they're always... (laughs) They're, like, never together. And she's like, well, we're career-driven. You know, mm-hmm. and she he's wouldn't always, want it any other yeah. way. And he's always in DC editing US News World Report, and then he's been wooed by Cy Newhouse to come at a Condé Nast Traveler. But then he's still in London for the launch of his third book about the Sunday Times, and he's fighting with Murdoch, and they're on the train to Quogue. But like, wait, uh, so yeah, but yeah, they, there is a lot of time when they're like <laughs> apart for two years, and she's been like, but that's what's so beautiful about a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I they know, look I'm... exactly alike, I should say. <laughs> but <laughs> right, they're like two. Okay, so. I truly thought the cover of this was Diana, and it was about, like, her writing about Diana. Right. Yeah. Well, she says in the book, she was like, whose looks I'm so often compared to, and in this kind of way where she pretends she doesn't see it, and it's like, miss. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You have the same, like, mannish British face, Mm -hmm. because you know British women have those mannish faces. Yeah, and 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 I thought she would be, in my mind, but... Like, I guess I imagined her this brunette. Like, she looks kind of more stuck up than she is visually, mm-hmm. I found. But, you know, maybe that's just that British face. And it's my kind of American. Well, mindset. and it's also the quaff, the 80s quaff, like that feathered helmet that she's doing. She's doing mm-hmm. the feathered Diana helmet. Um, so I think maybe that's where maybe the kind of early Natalie Maines. <laughs> <laughs> Early Dixie chick kind of. Yeah. No, now you. It is really Natalie Maines. Do you think Tina Brown, like, she got, like, to her desk sent, like, the big hit Dixie chick CD and, like, read about the bush and she's unwrapping the plastic, like, putting it in her Bose 10 disc changer, just being like, you know, I wouldn't normally listen to this type of music, but it is. <laughs> interesting and and, and it's newsworthy and i have to go where the <laughs> yes. conversation is darling and they've managed to put their finger on the pulse shut up and sing <laughs> well i was actually she was i was just i just left off at the point at which she was like i'm so busy that i have no time for culture you know which is obviously yes. a, oh i love like that i really related to that yeah because you yeah. have to write about it you have to have your finger on the pulse and yet she's but like i don't even know what it. books are happening i mean you know 
I feel this way all the time, you know, even though I literally have a podcast where I read a book a week, I'm always thinking, God, I never read. I have no idea what's on television. I don't know what the kids are listening to. And yet you live right next to the quad. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in the center of it all. I mean, I'm right on campus. And yet I feel like I'm completely out of the loop. And that's New York for you. Breakfast at Grey Dog. (laughs) (laughs) Lunch at Jack and Frida. (laughs) Celebrity Book Club. This episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. You're trying to find a cause for your symptoms. Achy back, headache, runny nose, itchy eye, wart on my genitals. So let me guess, you stumble down a TikTok rabbit hole full of questionable advice from so-called experts. Suddenly I have cancer? Uh, no thank you. <laughs> there are better ways to get the answers you want and the care you deserve from trusted professionals and not random people on the internet. Though randoms, I love you, and my TikTok addiction, yeah, it stands. But I'm sorry, Lily, you shouldn't be getting medical advice from some girl in her grandmother's basement in Toronto. ZocDoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. That's right. Ditch the talk, get the doc. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, are available when you need them, and treat almost every condition under the sun. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Mm, I love a trusted guide, like the time I climbed to Machu Picchu on the Inca Trail with a team of Sherpas. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who is patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. So find your Sherpa at ZocDoc.com. Go to ZocDoc.com slash book club and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Slay. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash book club. ZocDoc.com slash book club. Ditch the talk. She gets that gorgeous apartment on Sutton Place. The dream apartment. The dream. That actually, I did find that very... um empowering as a press like kind of a person who likes antique things <laughs> as that kind of gay like that she was ultimately like i don't have to live in a modern place it was so carrie um like and just like that where she like had this initial oh, reaction yes. of being like oh to i'm come- this t- this tired old british tart like i want a new sexy american a modern place and then yeah. she moves into like what's obviously this very awkward like old woman's apartment that she's renting that's like so like big gross 80s plastic and then yeah. the woman has all the Faberge eggs on top of it and she's kind of like I don't need my modern American dream I want like yeah, I want just London. parquet floors and I want molding and I yeah. want London <laughs> also I feel like Tina Brown is very I imagine her relationship with Harry like not so Carrie and Mr. Big but like mm. a little bit in this way where like she is being so like to her friends being like Harry's the best and he's the best husband and this is what a real marriage is but then like I feel like he shows up to her friends and they are like who is this guy like yeah. don't you get a sense He's, like no one really kind of maybe has met harry a well, bit well no but yes and no lily that's unfair because lily he, careful okay <laughs> don't please don't talk about tina and harry that way <laughs> because harry is a is a is a you know no, has i know his he's own a career He's a titan of, of his own, and he's literally two floors. I mean, for a huge part of the marriage, he's two floors below at Condé Nast, working at Traveler. And then everyone obviously Traveler. knows him from his work at, at the <laughs> Times and Sunday Times and his row with Murdoch. And, you know, when they're having these dinner parties that Henry Kissinger is at, it's like, yes. you know, people know Harry from all of it. I mean, he had a good 20 years on her in the London media world. No, society know, really does. I'm talking about, like, her chicas. But I guess that begs the question, <laughs> does but- she, is Annie Leibovitz her main chica that's the what's the interesting thing well i feel like her main chicas are maybe some of her like employees i mean right she's mm, always like tracy PV, who like tracy PVZ. pam mccarthy pv i love the pv P- wait PVZ, so the pvz right? character yeah. is the like hr woman at condi who's always the one who's like has to like end up firing people yeah. but like does it in this way where she gives them like a package and like <laughs> Tina's always like I love the American euphemisms for like letting someone go with their package and like 
PVC, she has like describes her as having this like this tight bun and this steely stare, but like a weird undercurrent of warmth. And she's just mm-hmm. she makes people feel like they're being promoted while they're being fired. I did, I did think. Refre- I mean, because it's very easy to romanticize any other time, but now you know. Absolutely. Yes. And so <laughs> yeah. it Thank was you. actually nice the to hear her of complaining, mm. complaining about like the psychobabble of like PR and like you know and like the lack of kind of like. The, like the kind of the lack of like irony or wit, you know, compared to the UK and like, oh, you know, it must have been so much better then. And I was like, but it seemed like there there were similar frustrations with like the media class. Yes. Then. And she's like, is so like, oh, like, can we not like, even though it seems like she's celebrating the rich, like every second of her day, she is like, oh, like the rich are boring. Like, let's celebrate like Perry Ellis, who like she's not <laughs> yeah, considering. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And she was, and she really does seem to like constantly talk about how when she's in New York, she, I mean, I wonder if she were getting as rich as she was getting in New York in the UK, if she would also feel the need to hustle. But she does seem to always be talking about a distinctly American yes. kind of, it, you know, it feeling reminded, of needing to hustle. It reminded me of, of a line I remember reading in a another book, um, a very, another like very sort of intellectually tightened book called Ypres Love by <laughs> Elizabeth Gilbert. And she Gilbert. talks about... Gilbert. Uh, Lisbeth Gilbert. And Lisbeth talks about how every city has a word that defines the city. And she was like, Rome, the word for Rome was sex. Rome is defined by sex. Everyone wants to get it. How do I get it? Where do I get it? How can I look it? But the word for New York is success. Mm. And everyone so is hell-bent on success here and climbing the ladder and getting more money and it's never enough and you know but I if you take out the you get sex you get sex Ooh. and sex and success <laughs> the same thing sex and success and Tina doesn't she does seem very devoted like I feel like she's never really like flirting at a dinner party no guess- there's that that scene with Warren Beatty at, at the oh, season yes. and she's where like- he is laid it on thick oh that was so you thought you thought he was being fully flirtatious not just trying to create a kind of actorly mystique yeah that's what i got to be eventually profiled oh i mean yes i guess that's a that's a hard both i guess i guess i mean i think that he would have fucked her if like she came up to his room you know what i mean yeah totally like him bringing the phone to the table to call diana vreeland to be like we love you he's so he sounds awful I know it was. I was. It was so cringe and insane. It's like, and the person's bringing the like the the, the landline over on like a silver platter. <laughs> but then did he memorize Diana Reeland's number? And he's just like beep boop beep. Yeah. And then, like, and then that's he's like, so I'm, gay. I'm at lunch with Tina. We love you. Best. <laughs> Sorry, that is so gay. Even though Warren Beatty <laughs> is yes. like supposedly like the straightest, like sexiest yeah. man of the eighties. By the way, to have married Diana... to Madonna or, or engaged or yeah, just engaged dated. to Madonna has Diana Reeland's so landline memorized. <laughs> I, I, that that was like I was like there's a straight man has Diana Vreeland's landline memorized but this is what you know we're talking about it's like what ha- why can't a straight man memorize a yes, fabulous this, and this is what we've lost editor. this is what we've lost <laughs> well men used it was used to be okay for straight men to like have culture and request yeah. the landline to just have a quick <laughs> little day call yeah. to DV also like him taking a lunch with him requesting a lunch with Tina Brown <laughs> yeah. to ultimately just be like I don't want to be profiled. <laughs> is absolutely psychotic. Okay, can I dare you? Truth yeah. or dare, John? Can I dare yes. you to do that to so someone? I don't get a choice. Yeah. This, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just like the editor of S- of Home and Garden <laughs> of, <laughs> of Nash- Red Book, Red Book, <laughs> of Red Book. <laughs> <laughs> I want a full fucking spread in Red Book. <laughs> you can like pull out in the a next poster. two years. <laughs> Wait, but then who is he calling during the lunch? He's like, bring over oh, the right. phone. Yeah. You're, they you're, bring over my cell phone. They bring I you your cell phone. Aren't <laughs> you're like, you We're calling, calling Mark Marin, darling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's just call. Let's just call. Let's just call him right up. <laughs> we love you over here at Red Book. <laughs> I, I, Stephen, as someone, as a person of journalism experience, I do. I'm curious to know what this was like for you reading a book about the kind of heydays of the, of print magazine and this this book for me might have best been seen through the eyes of my I'll say it boyfriend um <gasps> when I was poolside reading this book and basically every three pages stopping and going that is so true 
and then just like having getting into like a full-on 45 minute conversation with myself out loud just being like and no one does this anymore and this is the problem with interview and it was a problem then and honey it still is (laughs) i i i I was i was really interesting i mean first of all i mean god where do we begin i mean the the budgets that magazine had in the 80s like the the power that a magazine could have yeah the, the living in a world before goddamn Twitter and the internet oh. when people actually waited to get this thing in their hands and that yes. they, they wanted and like the, the fact that Vanity Fair and what she brilliantly did at Vanity Fair was like you know she no one thought that you could have this magazine that had such a fashion mix. culture mm-hmm. politics and had Theater. the hum- had the humor and also had the hard news and had that that levity and that that edgy perspective and that sophistication like all in one point of view and they were like well you can't you have to have a fashion magazine or it has to be a film magazine or it has um, to be a literary and imagine magazine. just like a selection of articles curated for you by smart people versus like every single day being like absolutely pummeled with yeah. like just Fred. toast Fred. Fred. <laughs> Fred. right Sorry, quick, quick, Will and Grace. Will and Grace are trying to figure out if this guy that they ha- both have a crush on is gay. And so they go into his apartment to look at his bathroom magazines to figure out. They go in. The magazine, Vanity Fair. They still yeah. can't figure it out. <gasps> Wait, amazing. I love that. I and love also that. that, like, a magazine would be such a household name and have such clear cultural connotations that, like, a, a, a multi-cam sitcom <laughs> could, like, use that as a joke that, like, all of America would understand. Um, you can't do that and, in Young and, Sheldon. And, and, you know? and <laughs> no, I mean, what magazine would you say? You know, yeah. Entertainment Weekly. Literally, I mean, yeah. I will say. So, what one thing I loved about what she did at Vanity Fair is there was such a respect for the reader's intelligence. Mm-hmm. And I think about the headlines that they had. So she has this thing called the Rule of Three, where she's like, we we really turned around at Vanity Fair when we had three really major news covers that like generated news in and of themselves. So there was the Ronald Reagan one with Nancy, and the and the headline was the Reagan Stomp, and it was mm-hmm. like brilliant because it was about them winning re-election, and it wasn't like saying that that was good or bad in a way. It was saying like this is the moment we're living in, and we're capturing the zeitgeist. Like we are in the middle of the excess eighties. Like everyone wants the party to keep going, and Reagan won in a landslide, and like that's what's happening. And it was like the editorialization was like it was so obvious, but it also like had a little bit of like cleverness and a metaphor to it, like. You know, he's, he's stomping out the competition. He's like, you know, it's like we're stomping on the little people, but we're, we're enjoying the stomp, you know? And mm-hmm, it's like, mm-hmm. you would never have language like that on the cover of magazines. No. The same thing with the Diana cover, which was another one of her rule of three. The headline was The Mouse That Roared, which oh, wait. I'm obsessed with. Brilliant. You would really? never see metaphor like, you know, like that kind of editorialization on, on, on a magazine. They're, to, not, on, giving on anything. That, they're not, no. not giving that to Kate. No. Well, no. she and she certainly isn't roaring, and nor nor is she a mouse. But, <laughs> no. Oh, okay. well, and and I and I and I thought of this. So I was in the airport. You know, as I said, I was uh, coming back on the red eye from Miami. And when I take a plane, it's always a red eye. I don't care what time it's. <laughs> I and, took a, I took a red eye leaving at twelve. We arrived at one fifty. <laughs> it was a red eye. <laughs> it was a jet blue red eye. <laughs> my my eyes, you know, danced across Hudson News, and they landed on Vanity Fair at the newsstand. And how's it doing? The cover was it. It brought it. It was the saddest thing I've ever. It was an absolute tragedy. It just said Star Wars, and then there was the <laughs> cast of the oh, latest TV show. No, 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 cla- no, nothing. It was devastating. That's Isn't so that sad. Word? Awful. I know. Star Wars. Star like, Wars. Like how dumb well, are we? How dumb? How dumb are we? And how dumb do they think we are? And how right are they? I mean, it was. It's just I know. awful. Are you in Star Wars on Hulu Plus? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I should just say we're going to have to cut all that because we can cut that one. It's me and Daisy Ridley. Right. You're both in. You're both in R two three four, and you're. you're like... <laughs> um, but no, I I loved also. Obviously, I'm a giant Wallace Shawn fan, and I loved oh, her yeah, lunch with Wallace Shawn, where he says America has no memory, and she keeps like bringing that back. 
her quote, just like she's always just, you know, always her, she's her first critic, even if she knows it's fabulous. And this is a cover she realizes is like bad. Meanwhile, I got into a ludicrous PR flack attack when I found her Brits cover of Deborah Winger unacceptably dull and depressing. Rich shot her for the February cover in a white terry bathrobe looking morose. Since the shoot had gone quite well, only two hours late as a feat for her, I am told we asked if we could do a second shoot to get a really good cover out of it. At this, Pat Kingsley, yes, the hypermatic power craze PR from PMK through a tantrum. She called St. Jane Sarkin an asshole and a fuck up and suggested VF go screw itself. It's just like the drama. The drama. There's this little passage about America that I thought was so devastating and true. Um, after the beauty of the ranch, the Tucson Mall was disorienting and depressing. A sprawling, characterless mess of Kmarts and gas stations and drugstores. As we drove around in the blinding raid or cruised down the fluorescent lit aisles of throbbing products in the gigantic pharmacy where we went to collect G's prescriptions, her um, autistic child, I thought how this is an America I will never warm to. America as a huge, vacant, product-filled, centerless, culturally sterile parking lot. There's no center. There's no center. There's no center. (laughs) I love the word centerless. And therefore, the center cannot hold. And that center absolutely not hold because it's not there. And I, you know, because I, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot about how awful the the landscape is and how it breeds the sort of violence that we've now become so inured to. But you know, the the idea of the centerlessness is is so true because there are no institutions. There are no institutions. There are are no cult. There's no culture to hold on to in so much of the country. There's just absolutely nothing but products, but 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 these sterile fluorescent like products in these awful awful environments and. You know, what's it going to do? It's going to drive you insane, and it does, and everyone's... Well, will you tell me, will you fill me in, like, what happens in the second half? (laughs) So, yeah, eventually she does realize that her child has Asperger's, but now he works at a nonprofit, and everyone loves his charming sense of humor. She has, like, such an Angelina Jolie moment with her nanny, where she, like, overhears... (gasps) Wait. She overhears the that nanny just being like on the phone, just being like, Georgie loves me. Like she's a bad mother. Like <gasps> he should be mine. Yeah. And this is at their, their, Juanita, their summer the house. Their summer house yes. in Quag. Quog. Quog, Quog, <laughs> where I have, and I have a, I have a personal relationship to Quog in the fact that um, <laughs> once I went to a um, animal <laughs> rescue there where they house injured owls. No, um, no. <laughs> no. Yes, and Beautiful. it's like it's all these like owls and gorgeous eagles and like foxes that were like found on the side of the road with like one leaf left and once an eagle was stolen from there. <gasps> wow. I think who, it was the nanny. Who? I think it was I think Tina. The, it, it was, was Juanita. The, the Juanita, Juanita <laughs> stole this eagle. Juanita the villainous Filipina. Anyway, so she, she I, of course, this is well, just so like classic, like mommy nanny drama. And then she yeah. like goes up to her and she's like, get out of my house. And then and the, she's and, like, pack your stuff right now. And then she calls the like doorman to come up and take guard because she's like worried that Juanita's going to stab her oh. with a letter opener. <laughs> okay, kind of can't believe she didn't but I, that part. I like when she, yeah, when I know, she I, talks. Yeah, I'll, her gays are just like, oh, honey, leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love because when she hires Juanita, she's like, I wanted an experienced middle-aged nurse. Same. Like I didn't yeah, want yeah. some, I didn't want some like bouncy au pair from Ireland coming yeah, over yeah. here. Like, nor did no. I want one of these like, you know, haggard war horses. Like I just, I want like an experienced mom who's going to be mom shit. But then, yeah. So then Juanita is like talking shit about her and she's like, get out. <laughs> Wow, that's huge. Would you, um, John, to just not to pry, but for your your two beautiful daughters, um, yeah, yeah. What what kind of nanny would you look for? We, would you we hire have older? Not done nannies. No, we don't. We we just don't. We we really agreed if we're gonna do this, we're gonna take care of them ourselves, right? Wow. And it takes a village. And would you ever be like, oh, but neighbors and friends and aunts and <laughs> yeah, folks, yeah. like and we welcome pay, and we pay those neighbors, but we <laughs> we, we pay our chosen, <laughs> yeah. 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 But we don't actually hire nanny. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, what I'm hoping to do is sort of like somehow acquire like a child that that is already of seven age or whatever. Yeah. Adoption. Yeah. Um, <laughs> ad- adoption seems oh. a little expensive, and it seems a little unromantic to me. No, where I'm yeah, just I like, agree. I'm paying eighty k. I want. I'd rather just kind of get one. I kind of want yeah. that raising Helen situation. Not that yes. I want my sister to die, but you know what I mean. It's like a little more. You just get a seven year old, and you're like, yes, it's just us, bud. Wait. Oh, wait. Can I just quickly say for the listeners at home, look up 
Klaus and Sonny. Or I mean, we talk about we're, Klaus von Bülow. Yeah. The evil murderer. I knew nothing Wait, about that. Wait, but so was he? I don't know anything about it either. She puts this guy who's been accused of murder, like does a photo shoot with her Brits or whatever <laughs> on the cover. And it's one of her news making stories. And like, and it's him and his like new wife. And she's just like caught in the act, like caught by Dominic Dunn, like snapped by Helmut Newton. <laughs> and, and she's really going for it. And it made me think, you know, the last time there was actually a real like, you know. Murder. Uh, uh, well, edgy pushing cover was when Rolling Stone put the Boston Bomber on the cover. Remember? And they oh, had that yeah. sexy photo right. of him. Boston that, Strong. That, that hot, yeah. sexy teen. So fun. And, and yeah, you know, he was so captured near my mother's house. No, excuse yeah. me. I mean, Jahar. I mean, he can put his bomb under my mailbox any day of the week. <laughs> but it was like, you know, but that was the last time anyone took a risk like that. You know, and there's, there's, you know, people try to manufacture some stuff here and there. But, you know, it never really gets yeah. here. I mean, that was really... We don't see no, those kind of I literally am also like, more? what was the last like magazine cover that I guess like they're still. Well, now it's like it's always there's a fake magazine called just like Flower. And it's like Kendall's being like so excited to like share with you three of my upcoming four flower covers. Or it's like yeah. Zendaya in a suit. And people yeah, are like, it's, and it's always <laughs> in, it's literally hot. always Zendaya in a suit, and everyone is just yeah. like incredible, and then adding seventeen no, makeup artists just... and stylists, <laughs> and just being like, I've never been prouder to work never on something. Been Everyone's more like, thankful. this is so brave to be thankful. John, what's the most amount of people you think you've thanked in a post? Oh my <laughs> god, that's a really good question. Probably like. 16. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrity Book Club. Darling, shall we meet for lunch segments? Perfect. See you at the Four Seasons. Perfect. What does she wear? What does she eat? How does she live? So, John, this is part where we kind of pick apart the aesthetic tastes of the, of the memoirist. Food, okay. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then and we... Say who are we in the book? Yes. So, so in terms of fashion, I, I you know, she does. It's blazers. Always, it's, it's Bill Blast blazers, and I don't even know she if he just, was doing. I don't think he was doing women's wear, so I take that back. But it. Um, she often describes her style as kind of Diana-y, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. I put." I mean, I love the way she describes clothes. Like when she she has the meeting with Cy Newhouse, like for when she's originally gonna get like hired as the editor in chief Vanity Fair, and she's like, "I went and I bought this Chloe dress that was like this big shoulder pad, like long black dress," and then she was like, "She was like, it turns out the Chloe dress was a mistake." And, like, I should have never bought it. And it was, like, way too interview. So, like, I put in a more Diana number of a tweed skirt and, like, a backless button down that was, like, casual but sexy. Mm. I feel like she's kind of the way that, like, office girls, well, more, like, fashion-y office girls dress now, like, very the row. You know what I mean? Well, and also Diana core. Like, everyone is trying to be Diana again. Um, I was obsessed with when she was talking about how Diana would just how um, Prince William was like so mad at her because all Diana does is just stare at photos of herself. Yes, her like archives. Yeah, and I loved her. Like, I mean, I guess I'd, I'm not. I'm no Diana. Charles, Historian. not William. Sorry, Charles. Yeah. Sorry, I'm from Boston. I don't fucking care about the royals. Okay, no taxation. Um. <laughs> but I love when she described Diana as like dim. Yeah. Like, I never, I mean, of course, but like, I, <laughs> yeah. you only ever these days, I feel like, hear Diana described as, like, mysterious and... Yeah. Yeah, it's this, like... There were, there's a it phrase refreshing. someone said, I can't remember who said it or the phrase, but it was something like <laughs> she, what you know, she was obsessed with, like, the fr- fantasy of being a princess and, like, obviously... Because, like, she became a princess. Yeah. But, like, that, you know, it was like she had the, like, the sort of Disney idea of princess in her head. And that was kind of all that was that was up there for her. Yeah. And so, of course, it was not going to live up to that. And she had this, like, you know, more philandering, like, jocular husband who wanted yeah. to, like, debate things with Camilla over martinis. Exactly. And, like, she wasn't as intellectually curious as Camilla. But she had this charm, and everyone saw thought. And the charm was was sort of bizarrely her vulnerability. It's called being twenty four, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hello. <laughs> yeah, I had it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where, where, where's my room at Buckingham Palace? <laughs> 
Um, other style thing is she mentions how like which is also so office girl about like how like when she's in Quogue she like dresses like a total like mess like peasant she's like ugh I dress like disgusting when I'm in Quogue I'm just in like a big dirty button down no no, she's being like I'm being such a lesbian in Quogue Like, I look like a huge lesbian. I'm in, like, this huge men's shirt. It has, like, stains on it. I'm gross. I'm a lesbian. But then someone does call her lesbian, and she's like, okay, you're, like, old-fashioned out of it. Her, like, British friend is being, like, uh, oh, everyone well, no, in he- New York is a Jewish lesbian. Um, oh, wait. Where you see zippy, zesty lesbian Jewesses bubbling with new ideas, I see plodding, ill-mannered, bottomlessly mm. earnest boobies. <laughs> And he's talking about, like, Annie Leibovitz and Liz Smith, who, like, she has right. a rivalry with. Or Liz Smith, like, hates her. Oh, the, the infamous gossip the columnist. The famous gossip columnist. Um, yeah, but then sometimes she is just like, well, the Liz Smith column was good, because, like, it did say that our circulation numbers were killing it. Um, so she realizes it's all part of the churn. It's all part of the game. How does she eat? I don't think she eats very much. Mm. I think she's like a picker and a nibbler. Yeah, like she's obviously peckish, quite peckish. Like, what do you we think she's all British ordering at the Four Seasons? Like, well, it, she yes. references there's that one salad with Sai where it's like they're both getting. I do also feel like Sai is always ordering her, like being like, "We'll have two caprese's." Yeah, I think she gets <laughs> she gets the Four Seasons, and there's like a Perrier with lemon and a salad like waiting for her. Yeah. And they yeah. just know and they bring it out. And it's just this 80s wedding salad yeah. that she has every day. <laughs> she's famously allergic to alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it, but that's what's so... she drink, right? Or no? No, she literally she doesn't. doesn't. And like, yeah. and that's why she has this absolutely photographic memory of every single dinner party <laughs> with like Henry Kissinger and 17 other fashion designers over the course of 10 years. Yeah, and it, And it made me a little bit jealous in this way. I was like, God, you know, would I be so much better and smarter and more with it if I could remember every fucking well, word people said if I wasn't drinking. I mean, do yeah. you keep a diary? No. no. Do you? <laughs> do you keep a diary, no. John? I don't take photos. I don't keep a diary. It, it, okay. I, you know. oh, God, you're unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it doesn't, I don't have a strong instinct <sighs> for it and then I regret it. I, I have to say, it. I kept a diary last summer, and I, I'm so glad I did, because it's absolutely fascinating. I remember stuff that I would never have remembered, yeah. and I write down, and it is, as Tina says, it has this the fierce urgency of the now, or like some phrase she uses, where it's like, you know, it doesn't have like, you know, the the, remem- the, the memoirists, like hindsight, you know, the brilliance of like, you know, na- crafting narrative, but what it has is like the element of surprise, you yes. know, and like, you don't know what's going to happen, and then you look back and you see shit germinating, it's like... And you're like, oh my god! Like that's the first time that I met that person. I had no idea that they were going to become this character. Your you know, like, like only six weeks later. Yes, I'll do like a. I feel like in a period of time where I'll be like three weeks, I'll do it, and then I stop, and then I do it yeah. like another three weeks later. So consistency. Yeah. But let's all let's all maybe resolve to try and be a little bit more diaristic. I mean, I also inspiring. was like maybe if I didn't drink, I would have the energy to like go to dinner parties like seven days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Is was this the age of the balsamic drizzle? I think, I think balsamic was like getting invented around this time. <laughs> yeah, I think it was happening. Like I bet maybe in eighty seven. They were in a lab, like <laughs> there was like a Milwaukee lab. Like, <laughs> <laughs> also, like she, you know, I bet like one summer. Oh, because she hires also a chef for her for Quogue. Whoa, oh, because oh my God, well, Kristen or something. I wrote <laughs> this, this down. is my this question about you. all Kristen the, the student. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Kelly. The thing- Kelly, the student, she's like, oh, it's so fabulous to like just be rich and be like to get <laughs> off the train and like have someone cooking. And she Fresh calls bread. it cutting board chopping block, which is also British, I guess. And she's like, oh, I wish I could be one of those powerful women who then carelessly just creates a fabulous meal on a chopping block. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she just simply can't. But then she's having all of these dinner parties at her house with Harry. And I'm like, who's mm-hmm. cooking? There well, must be a chef Kristen, at, in New student. York as well. Kelly. If she's she's pulling Kelly from Quogue back to Manhattan. Yeah. Now, John, you're a dinner party. I'm a dinner. I'm a dinner queen. Wait, Wait, dinner so queen. do you do you do what Tina does, which I'm desperate to start in my own life, which is like she invites like a mix of eight people and there's heads of state and like rock stars <laughs> yeah. and actresses like it's and they're not all your mixing. Best friends. You're like And it's it's all about the seating chart and like, you know, curating it for maximum frisson. Which is her favorite word, by the way. Um, okay, how does she <laughs> yeah, live? How does she live? 
I think how does she I think she's kind of like British maximalist in that way where it's mm, like jewel toned sofas, chic. country chic, like massive copy table books piled, but I don't <sighs> think it's monochromatic. I think it like there's like, you know, the the, the pink chintzy curtains and then the like the dark the dark green sofa and then the red sofa and like then a chipping purple paint. Like a deliberately chipping purple mm, paint on like a dresser, like you know what I mean, like kind of country. <laughs> oh, Co- Bri- wow, yes. okay, British yeah. country, but like a like a like, like a patina posh. or something. Because I yeah, well, cause the thing is, because she is always taking pains to say she's not like so posh. She mentions right. buying. She's like I'm an absolute pauper. I'm only making six hundred thousand a year. <laughs> buying these two <laughs> massive desks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and sending one. To the country, one to New York yeah. and one to the country. And then she's like, like I used to do as a girl when I would order from <laughs> magazines and it would show up in a giant truck and my parents would be so mad. It's like, how did you have the money I, to I, order ooh. as a girl? It's <laughs> very, all those viral tweets that are so like, uh, yeah, so my six-month-year-old baby took my iPad and ordered all of this from Amazon. Someone's not getting like mommy's milk. My chip. <laughs> my tits today. <laughs> A uh, gross mom Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's Tina as a child, like filling out like the you know what Herod's catalog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it must have been not that expensive. I mean, she must have been ordering just like a fifteen dollar pillow, you know. But also, her dad like ran like a movie studio or something. Like she was rich. But I feel like in that way where, you know, Britain had a middle class, yeah, you know, it yeah. was the 60s. It was the 60s. It was post-war Britain. Like, there was a middle class. And, yeah. you know, we didn't have the extreme equality that we started to see in the Reagan years, thanks mm. to trickle-down economics, which now we Thatcher. know is a bad thing. <laughs> now we know, now that I'm writing my diary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, okay, who are you in the book? Here's my question fear. Am mm. I... Jerry Zipkin, Nancy Reagan's like gossipy oh, gay best her friend. Little gay. <laughs> her, her just like ratty little gay that's like showing I don't up at think every event you're, and talking Actually, shit. I'll say this. I don't think you're obsessed with women that much that Thank you. you like would be. That I would attach myself to a Nancy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't see that. No. Yeah. Um, John, are you... Yeah, I don't have any strong... I'll say this. Are you, like, one of Leo's, like, the, the I'm gays? I'm George. You're, <laughs> you're oh, George are you one of, the, one of the many men who dies of AIDS over the course well, of the Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe yeah. I am. It is quite... I mean, I do say, that the, you know, the, the AIDS saga is quite... It's quite real. I, I do yes. like the way that it just keeps coming up in this real way. Yeah. And she's like... The, the scene where she's talking to the editor and they both realize that he's going to die and they both just start crying in her office. Like, yeah. That that really like got me really choked up. Like that was so beautiful and poignant, and like she's just being so honest about it, and yeah. just being like, "This is awful. Everyone we know is dying." One but- of the first people who died <laughs> when she was like, you know, when she found out he has AIDS, and she's like, "I mean, I'll be honest, I don't like him." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I love yeah. that. I love yeah. that. She was like, but yeah. still, like horrifying. You know, like- yeah. Or like the other guy, she was like, "It's so sad because we kind of like hadn't talked for like." three years since Tatler and he was always such kind of a bitch but this is an awful end for him and especially with the being closeted she's like it's really sad like, yeah yeah it's so real I know I mean she's such a like I'm putting her in the Marianne Williamson like straight woman hall of fame I feel like for yeah. the way that she just she's seems so understanding and like right she's not just sympathetic not really mentioning it and then having this 2017 like after log about it just being like and of course AIDS was so right, bad right. during that yeah. time like you see it in the diary in real time yeah yeah. Over time, Stephen. Wait, maybe you're Leo, the gay guy that like was pushed out when she became editor of Vanity mm. Fair, and then he like scowls at her later. Oh, <laughs> the guy who was like <laughs> running the magazine into the ground. Yeah. Oh God, I'm so old and doddering. <laughs> <laughs> but you have like but all. But you these, have a boyfriend. Yeah, but you have a boyfriend and all these powerful gay guys who like hate Tina. Um, <laughs> Ugh, mortifying. Who am I? Who I don't you? know. I feel like I'm working. You're Ronald Reagan with Alzheimer's. <laughs> <laughs> No, I. Yeah. Maya, Maya's leading you around, whispering in your ear, like, "No, no, she's great. She's having so much fun." People are looking at us, being like, "Oh, they still got it." I'm just out to lunch, just like sucking on a like a little hard candy, <laughs> little Werthers. Um, listen, I I give this book like absolutely like 
five best-selling covers out of five. This the, mm. truly, it's thrilling. It's brilliant. It's personal. It's vulnerable. It's f- so filled with fucking tea and gossip and names and descriptions of dinners and and <laughs> dresses. It's like everything you could want. Um, and it's historical. And she has, you know, she does. She, history happens in these pages, but you know, in this beautiful eye for detail. Um, I'll do uh, five out of five Caprese's. I mean, I can't really say because I only read half of it, but I, I really, I, it made me kind of yearn for, um, again, just a better time where, when, when things were more kind of, there was more centralization in the media. Yeah, yes. There were yeah. more kind of like true, like smart curators who were like, kind of who respected the public more. You yeah. know that that was like that, and I and I think and it's genuinely inspiring. I think we can all you know strive to be a little more rigorous. I <laughs> yeah, and I, I couldn't you know, agree more. It's not no, the and, hustle; and res- it's the rigorous. Y- yes. and I old, it's the- I give it um, five reservations at the wrong room in Four Seasons. <laughs> oh my god, wait, Siberia, wait, wait. as Cy um, yes. Newhouse calls it. When she's eating oh. upstairs at the grill at the Four Seasons. No, there's Alex. He's like, uh, 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 oh. Tina, I heard you had lunch today. And she's like, yes, at the Four Seasons. She goes, yes, but I heard you were in Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have been turned away, but Stephen was turned away from last week on his birthday because he was wearing shorts. And they were still... No. I mean, we say I mean, we want to go back yes. to the 80s. That was yes. with... We couldn't wear shorts. That was yeah, pretty that 80s. That was something I don't think we need to go back to because a formal short like the one I was wearing, I think, should be absolutely encouraged (laughs) well we all Um, have our opinions i do think you should have been wearing pants and a jacket (laughs) for sanitation reasons alone (laughs) darling my legs are cleaner than the marble countertops in quogue coming off the jmz i doubt it (laughs) i would never take the jmz i wouldn't wish it upon my worst enemy um well john thank you so much i um you know uh i want to it's I want to thank you. It's to been... have you on. Um, we... We've been such a fan of yours for so long. I hope we get to meet in person at some point. <laughs> yeah, I've been dying to meet you. You are my idol. Um, <laughs> you did. I do hope you come back on the pod so we can do an even longer book, which is Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, and his. We got like a really good wreck yeah. for Sammy Davis Jr.'s book, so I would like to do that in a year's time. It was such an honor to be on this. I've been listening to this podcast since twenty ten. <laughs> As I'm just oh, a huge, you huge yeah. fan. Thank you. Well, um, so thank um, you, John, guys. And, you know, and to all the listeners, I want I uh, want to encourage you to please go watch John Early and Kate Lance new special. On Would Peacock. it kill you to laugh on Peacock? By the um, way, a lot of dinners, a lot of dinners in the special, a lot of lunches, a lot of dinners. Um, you and, and Kate, you, you guys love dinners. You exude we love dinner. dinners. We love a and, martini. We, you know, you love can I bucatini a martini. Can I ask a question, John? Yep. Yes. For the listeners out there, are they get, if bucatini. they happen to maybe have canceled their peacock subscription in the past six months will they need to reinstate it to watch well i would ask you why would you cancel when it's free yeah peacock is free Stephen. but but no but like they may have they may have gone up to premium for like 4.99 but like you can literally watch it for free and i would argue like it's better free with the ads because it will kind of kind of lull you to a childlike state back when commercials used to interrupt what <laughs> right. you're watching. Yes, right. I love that. And you're on your parents' couch stuffing your face with saltines and cheeses. <laughs> yeah, I'd always binge saltines while watching yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah. That was my Only junk if they food. were covered in cheddar. <laughs> melted cheddar. Oh, yes, uh, please right. watch it on Peacock. And Peacock, congratulations congrats. on the special, John. Thank Thanks. you so much. Special. Thank you so much. This was so fun and I love Tina Brown and I love you guys. Um, we yeah, love big you. Tina heads over here. Okay, and do stick around for the VIP lounge on Friday, where we will be discussing restaurants, more restaurants, include, <laughs> more restaurants, including my trip to the Grill in the old Four Seasons space in the Seagram Building, and uh, my trip to the Symphony, and my thoughts on classical music and opera, and how classical music is boring, but how maybe I'm getting into it. So yeah, basically, it's gonna be a freaking crazy app. Do join us. And you can go to patreon.com slash CBC the pod to subscribe and hear all of that. Best. Best. Celebrity Book Club is presented by Prologue Projects. The show is produced by Benjamin Frisch. We were, you know, honestly, enemies for years, but I respect his work ethic. 
with editorial support from Leon Nafok, Andrew Parsons, Arlena Revelo, and Madeline Kaplan. Our production manager is Priscilla Verlin. Our intern is Noah John. Original theme song by Stephen Phillips Horst. Artwork by Teddy Blanks at Chips NY. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CBC The Pod. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review and don't forget to tell your friends about us. Oh, and please don't forget to go to your patreon.com for access to the VIP lounge, our exclusive bonus podcast. It's really quite a gas. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.